So we were gonna talk about food, but instead we're gonna talk about fried ice. Happy Tuesday, everyone. Is it Tuesday? It is, and I maybe got a street sweeping ticket. I don't think you got a street sweeping ticket. But such is life. I think you made out like a bandit. We'll see. That's actually a topic that I wanted to discuss this week. Bandits? No, the street sweeper. <laughs> it seems like that's becoming another recurring theme. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Me and my dad got it in for the super. <laughs> anyway. I actually think that I have a theory, and I think it's pretty good, but I will hold that one close to the hip until the time to talk about it arrives. Because we've got something far more important to talk about. And that is... Jar Jar Jarlids. Ooh. Jarlids. So I like to collect some jars store leftover food and trinkets and whatnots in because why buy a container when you can reuse a container when we're our life is filled with containers and uh so i i really like these little uh wee yogurt jars so i bought some wooden lids to put on them so that i can reuse them they're pretty and they're really cute and i love them and Amazon's making fun of me and calling me Jar Jar Binks. Jar Jar. What's with the we? You had a theory. About oh the yeah, the the we yogurt people. Whoever is doing the marketing for for YoPlay is a marketing genius. He deserves a marketing Oscar. Whatever they do for marketing people. Why is that? Okay, so. If you recall childhood, you go to the yogurt section in the market and there's your, your Dannon and your, I don't know, your store brand yogurt or whatnot. And then there was YoPlay and it was in that little slender, tall, kind of tapered container and it was like luxurious, right? Fancy with the silent tea. Yeah. And that was like the fancy yogurt. Like mom would not let you get the fancy yogurt. That was like, You're getting you know, store brand 39 cent yogurt. Right. So everyone, of course, always aspired to the to the yo play. Did they? Uh, I mean, I did. <laughs> but then here comes Big Greek yogurt and takes over the market. Big and Greek just... is this like big tobacco or big, <laughs> big pharma? Yeah, Big Greek. And then they're just like, oh, Australian yogurt and all these different kinds. And it's all about the thick yogurt and this kind of yogurt. I like it thick. Like it Ooh. thick, baby. <laughs> And I see, like the Icelandic yogurt. Icelandic. Not, they make the vegan, is it Siggy's? It's not very sweet and it's this real thing. Whatever. But all these other yogurts came in and they pushed YoPlay, little YoPlay that used to have the market cornered in the luxury yogurt market. <laughs> it's like and- <laughs> pushing, have this dairy product. Now YoPlay is bottom of the barrel. I mean, Danin, don't, nobody even looks at that shit no more. Okay, so. <laughs> So the marketing genius at YoPlay came up with we French style yogurt with fruit on the bottom. Does this sound familiar at all to like you? The old crappy thirty nine cent yogurt. Same fucking yogurt in a glass uh, container, uh, smaller proportion, <laughs> more money. It's probably and it's fancy because it's French. You got some fancy copyrighted yogurt strain or mold or something. <laughs> anyway. 
I read an article. Cheers to I don't remember if it was play. Consumer Reports. Oh, cheers. Mazel tov. I, I don't know if it was Consumer Reports, but it was like a comparison of all the different yogurts and like which ones had the best flavors. And it was like they even got into like Greek versus non and like low fat versus high and all that. And yeah, I don't know. I, it surprised me how much variation these people were tasting between the different yogurts. Although I do, like I said, I like my ciggies. So anyway, we're totally not talking about what we Anyhow, Jar's yogurt. Right. Jar's yogurt. That's the end of our food Star Wars, episode. The best character in the Star Wars universe. Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> so speaking of a dystopian hellscape... Um, <laughs> <laughs> you went to see everybody's favorite artist, Connor Overs. Woo! Get sad, baby. With Bright Eyes. I got to see him, too, at the Greek, but you got to go to Pioneer Town. It was an amazing weekend. Okay, give a little, like, story, because... A little background. I guess the Greek theater is kind of like the mini Hollywood Bowl in L.A. It's up in Griffith Park, where the observatory with Rebel with the Cause was filmed. It's a beautiful setting, but it's, like, it's a big, big setting. Yeah. Mostly seated, like assigned seating, amphitheater type place. So, so that was neat, but you got to go up. Now explain Pioneer Town. Okay, that's, well, let me start from the beginning here. We're getting ahead of ourselves. We're getting ahead of ourselves. So first off. I have a tendency off, to do this. this. This show has been a long time coming. I am a huge, huge Bright Eyes fan. And I was supposed to see them two years ago. And then the pandemic happened and their show got canceled. And then they went on tour last spring, but they didn't have any West Coast dates. And I, again, didn't get to see them. So finally, they're playing L.A. And I'm super psyched. Um, so in this two-year span that they weren't able to tour, this this little Facebook group was born of uh, fellow Bright Eyes fans. So we're, we're like a, a little enclave on the internet i guess of bright eyes supporters and we've grown over the years and made friends with people all over the u.s and all over the world and being a bright eyes fan can sometimes be a, a lonely uh fandom to be a part of because definitely uh usually you're like oh my god this song's so great listen to it and you give it to your friend and they're like uh that sucked this the, guy can't sing that are you, <laughs> you make the mistake of being friends with people who like bright eyes and they're usually like wrecks of people <laughs> I, un- I unfortunately <laughs> never had the pleasure but um so anyhow it was kind of exciting finding this group and growing these friendships and, of fellow like-minded people that like get get you and get your your obsession. I just realized that wasn't very nice. I shouldn't say people are wrecks of people. That's not like a very nice way. Sorry, I, I just had to catch myself. I, I didn't like the way that came across. This podcast is about learning, growing, proving yourself. Sure. Being better. So anyhow. Like uh, Melania Trump says. Be, be best. <laughs> Anyways. So this show... For me, was not only a Bright Eyes show, which I've seen Bright Eyes maybe three times prior to that, and I've seen Connor Oberst more times than I can count at this point. So it's not as if this was my first rodeo. How high can you count? Not very high, apparently. How many Um, fingers it got? So this show for me was a big deal because not only was I getting to see Bright Eyes again after 
over a decade. Um, but also we were having all these meetups and there were all these people coming from different various places around California and around the country. And we we're all going to meet up and we've all been friends online for so many years. And now we're going to finally meet in person. So that was very exciting. Yeah, man. I, I was excited because I've never seen Bright Eyes. I've seen Connor a bunch of times, but this is my first go at it, which is a little <laughs> embarrassing. And I'm kind of like, oh my God, I can't believe I've never seen Bright Eyes. Big fan. I guess so. Yeah, I'm a poser. Anyhow. I've seen Connor over since I was like high school, but uh, you know what? I'm not a real fan. I'm Any not nearly else. on the level as the people in your group, but I no. think that's cool. If you're, I thought I was something... the biggest Bright Eyes fan until I met these people, and I've learned so much since I mean, during this. Hanging group. out with people who are into art and music, and obviously like good poetry, and like that's freaking cool. I don't know. Like you're not going to just get that from the average person. I don't think. I mean, sometimes, like sometimes you hit it off like with people, and you have a mutual interest, but. I think it gives you so much when you hang out with these people because you have so many common points of reference that you don't have to explain a paragraph about something. You're just, right. you make like a reference and they're, oh, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, I feel the same way. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's really cool. I, I'm kind of, I don't know, jealous is the right word, but I had a blast hanging out with everybody and meeting them and just the whole night, there's just new people to like meet and vibe with and everybody's really friendly and cool and I can imagine the Pioneer Town was even cool. Get, get into Pioneer Town because right. I'm, I'm excited. Tell me about Pioneer Town. What okay. is Pioneer Town? So first let you're still getting ahead. Oh here. my god! Just a I tad. Just, I can't. Just I a can't tad. Stop. I'm so racing. anyhow, that was a very exciting night for me at the Greek, and it was really great meeting everybody. And I just felt this immense, like, love and fullness. Like I was just fully happy for the first time in a long time. And then there was Pioneer Town. I feel like that's a little convicting on our, on our <laughs> <laughs> So Let's just leave that at that. <laughs> Pioneer Town. If you have not heard of Pioneer Town, it's this little kind of what's like saloon type bar restaurant in the middle of nowhere out by Joshua Tree. Uh, originally, Pioneer Town was built as um, a Western set. I'll, I'd be John Dog to somebody who's never <laughs> heard of Pioneer Town. <laughs> I'd be John Dog. Um, yeah, so now there's like a little restaurant there called Pappy and Harriet's, and they put on shows, and pretty big acts kind of roll through there occasionally. I believe Paul McCartney has played there. Um, but it's a pretty small little intimate venue. And Where's it's that Meatless Monday cookbook? Out of the, um, out in the middle of the desert. There's like nothing else anywhere around it. It's just like you and the stars and, and Joshua trees. Joshua trees. It's great. And so I've been out there a, a multitude of times because I have a good friend that lives out in Joshua Tree. So I go out there usually once or twice a year to visit. But this was a very special night because this was my very first time seeing Connor. Actually, my second time seeing Connor there, but first time seeing Bright Eyes there. Um, And it's a general admission show in a very small venue. So it's very intimate and very personal, I suppose. So I got there pretty early. Um, There was another member of my group that was there 
before me. So she held a place in line for me, but the line wasn't very long when I got there. It was maybe like five or six people. So um, we're all standing out in the sun for hours on end. Um, and since I was there so early and it's not a very like organized event venue, you pretty much just pull into this like dirt lot and you just park wherever you want to park. So okay. I strategically parked my car next to the tour bus. <laughs> Sneaky. I was like, hmm, this is a nice spot right this here. This is almost like, like a how-to guide. Like, okay, <laughs> how, first. How to meet your heroes. Leave the major urban area. I mean, oh, spoiler I mean, alert. <laughs> at least find a general admission show like we kind of did in Vegas with Polo and Pan. We're going to see them at the Hollywood Bowl. We're not going to be up close. Yeah, GA but we got to is see the way them. to go. So we formed an alliance with uh, some of the other people in line because it was blazing hot. So we would trade off like being able to go inside. How hot was it out there? It was pushing a hundred, I believe. Oof. Yeah. Um, it's probably nice in the evening though. Oh yeah. There's a nice breeze that kicked up uh, yeah. in the evening. It was, it was nice. It's a high desert, right? So it's, yeah. So, I mean, it was like in the mid eighties, like in, in, in <laughs> the low for the evening. So <laughs> no sweatshirt needed or anything. Um, we took a little break. We were inside. Um, actually, when I arrived, um, the woman I was meeting up with was already inside. Um, so I met up with her in there. And she happened to be sitting at the bar with Mike Mogus while he was waiting for his food. Muy interesante. So, um, so I got to meet Mike. And, uh-huh. oh, a little backstory. Um, I made these little bracelets. So if you're familiar with the whole rave culture and plur, um, I kind of adopted that. Plur being peace, love, unity, respect. Peace, love, unity, respect. So I felt that that sort of that same, that sort of embodied our group as well, like our general. I can see that ethos running through the group. Ethos, as well as, that's yeah, the word I was looking for. Brightness in general, like sort of. I mean. So. A friend um, had made me a Bright Eyes candy bracelet um, like a year or so ago, um, which inspired me to then make bracelets, Bright Eyes themed bracelets for all of my group members that I met along the way at the shows. So I had done that. Um, They all had like little phrases from songs and stuff. So then I decided at this group... I've been another friend of mine. We had a talk recently and she's kind of on this path and was about setting intentions for things and manifesting things to happen in your life. And so I've been starting small with manifesting parking spots when I'm coming home from work late. Uh Um, But I decided to step it up this weekend. So I decided that I was going to set an intention that I will meet the band this weekend. And, um, in order to help me manifest this, I decided I was going to make little bracelets for the band members. Mm. Um, Did you make anything for yourself and your appearance, like the chaos magic sort of angle? I mean, I had the bracelet that my friend made me originally that I wore. You didn't put on an outfit, like a getup in order to... I was wearing an orange t-shirt from my group, which was... I mean, it was orange, so there's that. Not a color you would normally choose to wear to a show. Right. Yeah. It's a okay. standout color. And then it also, it's sort of like a band t-shirt. Like it adopts the band, like one of uh, Connor Oberst's bands 
logos, but the wording is different. So if you look at it closely, you're like, wait a minute, that's not a better Oblivion t-shirt. What is this? So anyway. So it worked. Yeah. Well, continue. So you met Mike Mogus. Okay. <laughs> so, so I met Mike Mogus. He was so, so, so nice. Um, I gave him his little bracelet. I was like really nervous about it because I'm like, he's going to think this is so stupid and childish and dumb, right? I'm <laughs> giving this like 40-something-year-old man a fucking wave bracelet, right? <laughs> so I gave him the little bracelet and then he looked at it. And it had like, um, I also always put like um, a little initials of our group on there. And he's like, oh, what's this? I'm like, oh, it's our our fan group. I'm like, maybe you may have heard of us. Like we do these little parties, listening parties online every weekend and everything. And uh, Miwi's come on a few times. He's one of the other guys in the group, uh, in the band. So he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard of you guys. And he's like, oh, cool. Thanks. It's my first swag. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, no problem. Um so, uh, finally, we get inside. I got up uh, at Barricade for the first time ever. I think for any show that I've ever been to that I've been, like, directly in front, like, at the Barricade. Uh, but for Bright Eyes, yeah, right. <laughs> it's like, okay, so I staked my claim. Um, there are a bunch of other people I made friends with, like, the other people around me, Um I recruited my first group member to the group. There was a girl next to me and um, we were talking a little bit and I told her about the group. So she actually wound up joining and messaged me last night, like to thank me. So anyhow, the show was just so amazing. And it was like a completely different experience being up at the front at the barricade as opposed to back in a seated seat, which is more of what I'm used to. In I LA, just, there's not a whole lot of small venue type places for known bands it anymore. Looks like just like a playground on stage with all these instruments and gadgets and dials and knobs and keyboards and things. Like it uh-huh. was, and it was kind of awesome because it they were touring. They have um, an orchestra that they're touring with. Um, normally, the orchestra is like towards the back of the stage on like risers. But um, this stage is like super tiny. So there was no room to have like 14 people on the stage. So the orchestra was actually down in front of the stage, like right in front of the barricade. So they were like, I could basically reach out and touch them if I wanted to. That's pretty (laughs) neat. They were like right there. It's crazy he brought the orchestra with him out there. That's And it was just, um, I was actually kind of nervous about it. Like I wasn't expecting that I would be nervous about being in the front, but it was like, you're so close to them. Like you can make eye contact and like, they can see what you're doing. I'm like, I have to make sure I'm not looking like a fool. I don't want to like, I know Connor is not a big fan of, uh, people singing along when he's performing. So is that I, real or is that? Me? I think it is, but I, I tend to be a little bit guilty of that at times. So I was trying to like not, and I was trying to not take too many pictures or like video, like the whole time, like, and be one of these kids that's on their phone all the time and try to be more present. And like, res- that was something I took out of, like we saw him years ago, actually at pioneer town. And he was like, sort of, you could tell he was annoyed with people singing along and trying to like speed up and slow down. So they wouldn't be able to, and then at this show at the Greek, it seemed like he had perfected changes in his lyrics in ways that were interesting yeah. and like catching enough that people would kind of stop and be like, oh, I don't know how to sing it. I don't know how he's going to sing it. I want right. to hear how he's going to sing it. And it was actually. However, really if you're a, a true blue, you know how he changed it up already. <laughs> oh, right, right. I guess so, yeah. <laughs> so, like, one of my favorites is during. Um, 
Poison Oak, he changed up the lyrics instead of um, let their tearful words turn back into steam. He changed it up to turn back into dreams. So, and um, I think that's a good change up. I like it. But anyhow, maybe I'm totally misreading it. I don't know. I just I kind of got that vibe, and I see it almost as like a, a happy story. He found a way, like a solution to a problem that works. Like, yeah. and I mean, like honestly, it's so much over and over for years, just leading like a praise and worship session almost of your songs, like a church session. Like at least that's how it strikes me. Like, I I can see why he wouldn't want to do that. Like he wants to be a performer. That's what he set out to do. He didn't set out to be like, come sing along with me all my old songs. Like, it, it strikes me as like legit, but it also seems a little petulant. Like, get over yourself. If that's what everybody wants to do, come be a monkey. Perform for us, damn you. <laughs> Dance, monkey. No. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like I'd be a little torn if I was a performer and how I maybe like shut up for most of them and then like maybe a couple of like, these are like the sing-along hits, like, all right, guys, everybody. Was it <laughs> LCD sound system that refused to perform their hit at Coachella? No, that was uh, MGMT. Oh, MGMT, yeah. I, that was great. That was <laughs> awesome. Just everybody's pissed off just waiting for it, and they're just like, nah. No, no kids for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great. That's great. Okay, anyway, oh, you, you have more, and I completely I have a lot more, you. like, I just have should we, so much Should more. we finish this later? This is, we're, we're pushing 22 minutes right now. Maybe we'll take a little breaky. A little breaky for us. Roll that beautiful bean footage. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's uh, from an old commercial. Uh, you know that like uh, Bush's baked beans and the dog that always tells the secret recipe? Uh-huh. Yeah, it's from that. I don't know why. It just came to mind. So the dog says, roll that beautiful bean footage? No, I think the guy says, roll that beautiful uh, bean footage. I don't remember what the context of the advertisement was. And it's like food porn with beans? Like yeah, it's like a little steamy mm. crock pot of beans or some shit. Um, <laughs> anyway, this is not a, a paid uh, paid advertisement, but if uh, Bush's Big Beans <laughs> is out there anywhere listening and you want to send us a little kickback, I wouldn't be opposed. Hey, we said this was going to be a food episode, right? <laughs> That's right. We could review, does uh, Hormel have like a vegan chili and pushes baked beans? It's not horrible, it's Hormel. Oh uh, yeah, that was our little catchphrase when we went on the hike. We did a 99 cent store hike back before I was a vegan and we bought all of our ingredients for a backpacking trip at the 99 cent store and it was freaking nasty. It's like gross sausages and like Hormel chili that we cooked on like candles like in the can, probably Yummy. BPA. Ooh. Okay, anyway, so enough Any about the, uh, the gourmand Amazon Halliburton over here. <laughs> Let's get back to Bright Eyes. Back to it. Um, so I just recall, I'm looking at a little pic here, and I just recalled that I forgot after the show to go back behind the wall. Um, so there was this one point where the drummer, um, John Theodore, was, he's got, he was done with his drumsticks and he like just threw them kind of behind him and it went over the wall back behind. Abandoned. And so I was in my mind planning to go 
grab the drumstick afterwards if it was still there, but I forgot. Oh, Missed wah, opportunity. Wah. But I do have a f- drumstick from uh, Chad Smith from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I'm looking at it right now. It's a was it Chad possession. Smith or was it Will Ferrell? You know, that remains to be seen. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was Chad that evening, but he may have had a stand-in. I don't know. Uh, yeah. I'm surprised that Will Ferrell didn't play drums in Step Brothers, actually. He just rubbed his dick all over them. He played the drums. I thought he was the... The other guy played the drums. He was the. What about boats and hoes? He was drumming on boats and. He hose. was drumming on boats and hoes. No, 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 no. Was I don't think he boat? got in trouble for yeah, rubbing no, his was... dick on the drums because no, he no, wasn't no, supposed no. to touch the drums. I don't know. I gotta rewatch it. Oh man! For the nine hundredth time. Um. Yeah. <laughs> this is going to. <laughs> so we were talking about Connor Overs in the Friday show you went to. We were so show wrapped up. It was awesome. Um, it was beautiful. It was a lovely evening had by all. Um, cooled down eventually after the sun went down. There's a nice breeze going, but unfortunately, that breeze kept blowing. I love the background sounds. Wolfy onto got, the uh, ground. Maybe wait for a second while this ambulance passes by. You're the one that insists on recording with the back door open. So. I, you know what? I like the rake earlier was nice. The ambulance. It's a nice ambiance. It's like you're here with us in Long Beach. You can almost Okay, so the breeze the blew Wolfie onto the ground multiple times throughout the evening. The breeze blew Wolfie. Oh, the, the stuffed animal? Who is Wolfie, you might ask. Uh, yes, uh. he is the stuffed animal. He's a little wolf uh, stuffed animal that Miwi puts out on his uh, little and who is Miwi table Miwi is one of the he's not technically a member of bright eyes but he's pretty involved in recording and touring with them at least on this album he's and an associate he's, he's an associate he was uh on tour with Connor during salutations and He's maybe some other stuff too. Affiliated with the the bright eyes. So as far as I'm concerned, he is part of Bright Eyes, and is that so? Yeah. <laughs> and he was uh, nice enough to grace us with his presence on some Zoom meetings, and he's he's a really nice, cool guy. That's awesome. And uh, he told us about Wolfie, and so then we. We know Wolfie now. We've made we've made friends. And Wolfie is his stuffed animal. Yes, Wolfie is his. He brings it with him to his shows. That's kind of nice. And if you want to check out his music, his name is Miwi La Lupa. He has a couple of albums of his own out there. Check it. You know what I thought was nice with the Connor show is when he asked everybody to not this is not for you i don't want you to clap and then had all of the orchestra and audience or band members applaud the audience that was kind of a unique thing i'd never seen that before i thought that was pretty cool yeah it was nice we were kind of speculating as to i was i thought it was really a a fortunate thing as well that the orchestra was down front in front of me because i almost felt like i could kind of interact with them a little bit Mm -hmm. um when they were set, doing the stage setup, they put the set list down on the ground there. And then when they came out, the um, trombone player was basically like right in front of me. And he like saw us like looking at the set list. He's like, ah, no cheating. We're like, sorry, sorry, we couldn't help ourselves. <laughs> like, 
um, it was nice too because they're like when they're exiting and everything, like you could actually talk to them. So and you know thank them for the performance because I feel like they don't get a lot of adulation. You know, it's all about Connor all the time. So it's like kind of nice to like show your appreciation to the full band. I uh, you know a band like that too. They're just so good. It's really nice to see. I. I so many times, especially with the reggae scene, you have these bands where it's kind of just musicians come and go and people fill in. And, you know, you'll see an artist. You don't really know who the backing band's going to be and how they're going to be. And I guess like with these older bands, it's kind of a similar thing where it's not going to be the four core guys that started a project a lot of the time. Or like in Bright Eyes case, there's all these tangential people who are involved and they need a lot of musicians on stage. So it kind of is fluid. And I like how they their approach to it, where it doesn't really matter that much that it's like whoever plays with us is pretty much part of it. We're just all involved, and they're good enough musicians to be able to write the parts and transpose them to different instruments for different people to play and things. But yeah, I don't know. I just I really like that a lot. I think yeah. they're doing a good job. So okay, Indeed. so you had some more excitement. Let's. Uh... So the the evening doesn't end when the show ends. Um, the evening will continue. Oh. So I got to meet Todd and Arinda Fink now, um, after the show. I'm not sure that everybody in our audience is as cultured as us. I know it's hard to believe, but some people may not know who Todd and Arinda Fink are. We will uh, forgive them. I'll uh, give them a, a little background here. Hi. So the Saddle Creek record label, which was started back in Omaha, Nebraska in the 90s, uh, that was... Bright Eyes' first uh, label was actually started by one of his brothers and Mike Mogus as a school project. And um, it was a very like DIY community. So they all kind of helped their friends out and their friends' bands and all signed on this label. So Todd Fink is the uh, lead singer from The Faint, which was one of the original Saddle Creek bands. And his wife, Orinda, is half of Azure Ray, which was also a early... Uh, sign on um, for the Saddle Creek. I went through an Azure phase, probably just because they were on Saddle Creek. I like saw their record somewhere right. back when you had to buy CDs to listen to music. Yeah, I had like a little Saddle Creek sampler with a bunch of bands on it. That's uh, how I became familiar with them and the Faint, actually. So anyhow, <laughs> they uh, they were there. Um, and also, a little side note, I find this very uh, very cool. Uh, Todd Fink and Arinda Fink, their last name is, or Arinda's last name was Fink and Todd took her name when they got Ooh, married. That's I pretty neat. Pretty awesome. Is this, I didn't think about becoming Mr. Ferrari. It Mr. sounds Ferrari. a little silly, like it's like, Mr. Ferrari. Mr. Ferrari. <laughs> it's like Mr. Bus Stop or something. Like, <laughs> Mr. Ferrari. Anywho, I did meet Todd back at the Greek a couple nights before that, but I botched it a bit uh, very awkwardly because I wasn't expecting to meet him. <laughs> well, I, I wouldn't say you botched it. You're, you're not giving yourself enough credit. <sighs> I botched it. Okay. All right. So I had a do-over. I feel I did a little it, bit what, better. What exactly does this entail? Because it didn't seem that bad to me. It entailed me walking up, awkwardly saying hi, and then he asked me what my name was, and I said, and he shook my oh. hand. He's, I don't know why I would say, fuck. <laughs> you shook your hand, and you said? Natalie. 
And he said, I'm Todd. And I said, I know. And he kind of smiled. And then I didn't know what else to say. And I was like, okay, have a good evening. And I walked away. Okay. That's not awful. He kind of was standing there, like, expect, like looking at me, expecting me to, like, say something or, like, talk <laughs> more. And I was just kind of like, yeah, and left. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. I could see. That's a little embarrassing, but it's, it's not. So this time, I did not mention that meeting when I met him the second time, but I feel like he recognized me. He was trying to, like, place me. I don't know if he knew I was the awkward girl from the other show or not, but... Um, I didn't botch it this time. Well, I, I don't think I did. I at least had a little <laughs> bit more to say. I was more prepared with a speech. Uh, so I told him about how I saw the faint back in the day and I crowd surfed at his show. And he was like, oh, I always wondered who was out there having, uh, having fun during those shows. I'm like, oh, it was me. <laughs> so, they seem like such nice people. Yes. Um, yeah. So the, So I met them. And then I went back outside to the tour bus and there was a small crowd forming. So I was like, oh, great. You know, like I'm going to have to have a long evening out here waiting around for my opportunity. But it did, actually was not that long. There was like, like a cute little cottage with a picket fence that was like directly behind the tour bus. And so all the band that was like the after party, I guess, they were hanging out over there. So they would kind of filter in and out and at the porch and having cigarettes and stuff. So I originally, I saw the, um, I cannot remember her name. I think her name was Alinda, which threw me off because I would think Orinda from Orinda Fink, but her name was like Olinda from Hooray for the Rift Raff or Hurrah for the Rift Raff, which was the opener. I've never heard of them. I don't, I don't really know much about them at all. Uh, I think it was, they're actually like a full band, but this was like a stripped down performance. It was just her and uh, one other guy on stage doing kind of like an acoustic set. She had a really beautiful voice uh, and really like moving lyrics. And it was really great show. Uh, I got the set list from the opener. Nice. So I... She was out front talking to some other fans. So I was kind of waiting to see if I could get her to sign my set list. But these other people were monopolizing her time. Bastards. <sighs> How dare they? Uh, so while I was waiting, Connor comes out. So, so just to clarify, I'm not sure we made this clear. And we're sort of operating on a lot of assumptions this time. <laughs> Connor Oberst is the lead singer of Bright Eyes, the band He's that you went to go see. And the, all this is basically the reason. He basically is Bright Eyes. He is, well, I wouldn't say that. But yes, I would. I, I don't know. I don't want to discredit the other musicians, but... Also, I think most Bright Eyes fans are Bright Eyes fans because of Connor. I mean, it's not going to be like the Misfits if they if Connor decides to go and like when he did the the Mystic Value band and the Connor Ober solo stuff, they didn't keep performing as Bright Eyes with a different singer. Right, that's just not going to happen. All right. Yeah, so Connor comes out and I'm waiting kind of off to the side because there was a lot of people over there and I didn't want to like, I didn't want to feel rushed when it was my turn to 
to meet him. So I was figured I just let all these other people that just wanted like an autograph and a quick picture or whatever to get out of the way, get their moment. That must have taken a lot of self-control actually. Cause like maybe he's just going to leave. It was, it was a bit of a gamble. Like maybe I'll wait too long and then he's going to get fed up and go back inside. Cause I don't think he's very like big on this sort of thing as it is like, um, so it was, yeah, it was a bit of a gamble, but I you don't was, think he just lives for the adulation and he's just uh, soaking it all up, but he doesn't want to let on. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Word, Connor. I feel a little bad. Like we're talking I think about he him would be more. Oh, I'm not supposed to be speculating about how he feels or anything, but I feel that he's not opposed to meeting and talking to people, but I don't think he likes it like being put on a pedestal kind of thing. I think if I like just ran into him on the street one day, like out and about, he would be more open to having a conversation and talking. But when it's like throngs of fans, just all, it's just kind of like, okay, whatever. Yeah. I could imagine that would be overwhelming. Um, you can cut that. (laughs) With the um? No. Yes. (laughs) I'm going to leave it. Fuck you. <laughs> I'll cut it if you want me to cut it. Now we've made it a whole thing. Well, it's a whole shtick now. It's, it's going to live gotta on. got to run with it. And infamy. So it was finally my turn. And I gave him his bracelet. And I told him, like, he was kind of going down the line and was like, okay, let's take a picture. And I was like, well, before we do that, I wanted to tell you something. And so I just wanted to thank you. I told him I wanted to thank him, obviously, for the music. But I'm sure everybody says that. Like, And it's so much more than that. So I told him a little bit about our group and um, thanked him, basically, for being the catalyst that brought our group together. And gave him his bracelet. And then he gave me a big hug, which I just, like... Wow. Almost died. (laughs) We took a picture and he moved along. And that was that. It wasn't like a huge long conversation or anything, but I feel like I did well getting out what I needed to say. And And you gave him a bracelet. And I gave him my bracelet. I don't know. He may throw it out. He may. I don't know what he's going to do with it. He's probably going to remember that for a long time. I still Even have. if he thought it was stupid, he'll remember it. Like, that is cool. And I doubt he did. He doesn't seem like the cynical, like, I mean, maybe. But who cares? Like, you got his attention in a way that, like you said, that all those other people probably just said some, like, shit he's heard a million times. You right. handed him a bracelet. Like, that's something. Yeah. I, I think I was telling the story of my friend when we went to see Catch-22. It's like a ska band. and They're, they're Streetlight Manifesto now, but they came to town and we were hanging out with them before their set and we like got to meet them or like, getting lit in their van and stuff and i was with my bass player in my old band and he gave the bass player in their band his shoes he's like hey dude will these fit you and said, yeah i think so he's like i want you to take these like a pair of slip-on checkered vans and he went the rest of the night without shoes but it was that same kind of thing he wanted to do something memorable that those guys would like remember him forever and i'll bet they do i'll bet you there's like if once in a while, that that guy thinks about. Remember that time? Do you think that they wore the same size and that they wore know. the shoes? I don't know. I have no idea. It was just one of, the, and he didn't say anything to us about it. Afterward, we kind of talked about it. He kind of explained that, like, yeah, this is why I did it. I had like a mindset, but at the time, I remember thinking, like, you're 
kind of weird. I think everybody in the, even the guys in the band were kind of like, like they were obviously a little like trying to be kind of humble. Like they, they felt very like, wow, you want to give me your shoes? Like it made them feel good. Like, but it was also kind of like, why are you giving me your used shoes? Like (laughs) the bracelet is a nicer idea. It's sweeter. It just, it struck me as being somewhat similar. That's all. Yeah, I don't know. I wonder, I'm like, how many how many people have given him a, a little gift on this tour? I don't know. How many people Yeah, you know, I, I've had friends that have been, like, touring musicians. A lot of the time they get gifted weed and stuff, mm-hmm. which especially, I guess, if you're in a state where it's, like, not legal and not easy to access, it's probably pretty key. But I had a, that's a good question. You should get him roses. I wonder if he has, like, a little mementos box at home with all his little gifts that he's gotten over the years. That'd be kind of cool to, to like, see. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. <yeah. laughs> so I that- digress. So it was almost the end of the evening. I was about ready to give up at this point and go home, but I still had two bracelets yet to hand out. And obviously, well, not obviously, because nobody, we don't have the background here, but Nate, um, he's very not typically very approachable. Nate is. He is. We got the third member, our cast of third main member of Bright Eyes. That's like a consistent member, and he mainly does like pianos and keyboard type, organ, that sort of thing. So he he had not made an appearance at all. He definitely like is not coming out and not not in the limelight kind of guy. Doesn't want to be bothered. So Mike was out by the tour bus again. So I went over to Mike. And asked him if I could get a picture with him because I had not gotten a picture with him earlier in the day. And he remembered me from earlier with the bracelet and thanked me for it again. And so I told him, I'm like, I still have bracelets to give to Miwi and Nate. And he said he would give them to them if I would like because he didn't think they were going to be coming back out. And I was like, sure, thank you. Give him the bracelets and was prepared to go on my merry way. All right. On a high from meeting Connor. So I get in my car and as I'm like getting getting situated, I see Miwi come out on the porch and he's by himself. And at this point, most of the fans, everybody's kind of gone. Um, also, I don't feel like a lot of people know who Miwi is. So I don't feel like he would have been bombarded with people anyway. Um, I'd be right after you play a show. But yeah, I get what you mean. Yeah, so. I mean... So I was like, you know what? I'm going to just ask him if I can get a picture with him because he's here and I don't want to blow my opportunity. Plus, since he's been on our um, little meetings a couple of times, like he'll kind of know who I am, like not maybe personally know who I am, but he'll know who the group is and Uh just say hi and whatever. So I called him over and I gave him the bracelet and took a picture with him and he was really sweet and I just, you know, just kept it simple and short and was like, hey, yeah. I love it. You're like gushing. It's awesome. I am. I'm gushing. Uh, so, That's yeah, so I just kind of and thanked him for the show, said it was a great performance, really enjoyed it. Moved along my way. Actually, did I say I gave him the bracelet? I didn't give him the bracelet because I'd already given the bracelet to Mike. I just took a picture with him and thanked him for the show. And then I... Um, Excellence in podcasting right here. <laughs> yeah. I'm already editing my story. To <laughs> um, 
Yeah, so I get in my car. Nobody's going to fact check you. It's okay. I get in my car to leave, and he's kind of like waves me down, like to stop. I'm like, okay. He's inviting me to the after party? No. <laughs> no. Um, so I kind of rolled down my window. I thought maybe he was going to tell me, like, I don't know, like my tire was flat or out, some stupid light out or light was out. I don't know. And he's like, oh, yeah, Mike gave me this bracelet from somebody. And was that you? And I'm like, oh, yeah. And he's like, thank you. That is so sweet. Oh. And um, yeah, so then I got in my car and I drove off into the darkness of the Joshua Tree Hills. Off to be a badass back in Southern California. That's right. And that was my evening and it was amazing and it will live in my mind forever. And every time I think about it and every time I look at the pictures and the videos, I just... Well, thank you so much. For filled with love. That was really cool, actually. I'm I'm grateful that you got to do it. I'm glad that you got to do it on your own. I would have loved to have been there. At least I got to see them at the Greek. But thanks for sharing, because that was a kind of a cool inspiration. You know, you talk about you're able to sort of choose something that you want to have happen and make it happen. And I mean, it was more than just the visualizing or what do you call manifesting well there were other aspects you had to put in the work to make it happen but you freaking did right like i feel like i could have made it happen without the bracelets but the bracelets gave me an excuse like to be courageous like well i already made these i can't chicken out now to go talk to them like mm, follow yeah. through you yeah know? sort of like when we were in the the reggae band for a while they made the business cards and we would go to the bar and pass them out to everybody while the band the opening band was playing and then a lot of the people would stick around because of that. Like normally people would just leave after the band they came to see or, you know, after their drink was done or whatever. But when you go up, it gives you a reason to like break the ice. Like, oh, we're going to be playing in a few minutes. Check us out. And you hand them the card and they go on your social, you know, ads you like mm. you and things. It really was like an effective. It, it was cool. Yeah. I mean, I tried a little bit with the podcast. It doesn't really have the same response. But then again, we're, we're not really at a level where it's like awesome and people listen to it are going to be like, oh, my God, this is great. But yeah, you know. We're doing a thing. I think it's getting better. We, this story was good. I like this story. So I'm, I'm optimistic. But thank you guys for sharing with us Natalia's story. And we'll catch you later. Shoutouts to Bewey, Nate, Mike, and Connor. Todd and Arinda Fink, and bright eyes fans everywhere. Big up your play and the Don Draper of yoga, wherever you are. Much respect to the dog who pushes baked beans commercial. What's up? My love is real true blues. Hooray for the riffraff and Pioneer Town. And most of all, we would like to thank you, dear listener. We wouldn't be doing this if it weren't for you. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.